Hello, and welcome back to the Game Bet Match Podcast. I'm your host, Manny Friedman, along with my co-host. Brad Sloan. Back in the house, baby, for uh, quarterfinals action. Yeah, another round, another pod. Yes. Let's it's go. a little easier for these because the matches start a little later. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but that being said, the listeners are not going to have that much time, right? Well, there's only one match. They won't, like, they won't have much time for Djokovic, but the other matches they'll have time for. True. That's true. All right, so I, I guess since the viewer listeners don't have too much time, let's get right into it. Um, yeah, I agree. Yep. So it's a very chalky quarterfinals, but it should be a, an amazing end to the tournament just because, like, we have all the top guns. Like, in terms of just tennis viewing, maybe not betting per se, it's probably it, – it's fantastic. Like, I'm, I'm super – I pumped. agree. I agree. I think that's the perfect take. Yeah. Nothing to add. Um, I guess before we get started, what were some of like your better bets from the fourth round? Honestly, for me, it was probably all futures. Like for yeah, me, the fourth, me like the the individual match betting itself was pretty brutal. Uh, I'm trying to go back. Uh, it was pretty brutal. Um, so we had the Djokovic, the Djokovic on, to win in under 18 and a half games. That came in at plus 160. That was pretty nice. Um, yeah. That, honestly, like that's the summary of, of good for me. Uh, well, you didn't have many plays, to be honest, right? I didn't have many plays. I, mean, I only really had two. I had three plays. I had that one, or I think I had four. Maybe only three. Yeah, only three. I had that one. I had the, um, I had, and then I was uh, laying a set and a half with Zverev, which he made it as ugly as possible. Yep. And then I laid, I, I went with the under 31 with Medvedev, which Medvedev also just gave away a set for no reason. This seems to be a trend with, trend with Medvedev the past year or so. And I don't remember him used like doing this in the past, but it seems like in the past year or so now he just like likes to like, I don't know if he gets bored or what it is, but it's like he like gives away he gets sets bored. Ahead for no reason. He gets bored. Yeah. I mean, this happened with Eubanks. I remember in Miami, like he, uh, we I mean, the, the, the list is long at this point. There's, there's, uh, there's Eubanks, there's, uh, there's Baez. I mean, Baez, I don't think actually won this. He went to a tiebreak, but there's a Baez and O'Connell at the U.S. Open. Yeah. Like, you know, where he just gets ahead and then, like, the other guy raises their level and all of a sudden, like, Medvedev's in trouble. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, you say it all the time. We just thought it was such a good time, could um, spot with Borges, you know, coming off that emotional win with Dimitrov. And, like, you say it all the time that Medvedev is good to clown for a set when he plays a subpar opponent. Like, yeah. I think he just loses interest. Like, he's just... You know, he's just a weird guy. You know? Yeah. So, so the takeaway from a betting perspective is the under. The under was the, the wrong way to bet that. Like laying the games would have yeah. almost got me there. It was seven and a half, and I would have lost by right. seven. But that would have been the way better bet. Right. Which I played at one unit each way. So I was because if he loses the set like he did to Borges, like he wakes up then, right? And he's like, oh crap, I can't, I can't let this go to fifth, right? Yeah. He's so yeah. much better. He's miles and miles away better, right? So, um, yeah, that was disappointing for me. Um, I had a way better uh, first day of the round of 16 than the second day. Uh, my center six and a half came there with a, with a break to win at the end. So finally some variants going my way. I had the center caution of no tie break, which was actually also lucky because uh, seconds, I think the, what the second set was seven, five. Yeah. Think I think catching up in 40, 15, the game got broke. If I remember right. Wow. Wow. Then I had the Djokovic Manorino, the same bet you did. That was, that came in. Uh, I had the Fritz money line against Sissy Pass at plus one thirty five. That came in Fritz over two and a half breaks, um, which I mentioned on the pod. That came in. Um, 
Sissipas actually kind of looks lost, like, if the serve comes back, period. You know, like, if he doesn't get the serve plus one, it's very problematic for him. Right. Yeah, I agree. You know? So, like, it, it was good. I mean, it was plus 125, so that, that was nice. I hit the Fritz Sissy Pass over three and a half, Rublev Demonor over three and a half, and Djokovic Manorino under parlay at three to one. That was uh, nice. So that was good. And then um, second day, I had the Alcaraz Kachmanovic set one over nine and a half that came through. Uh, I tailed the Bet Rivers guys. Then I lied. Yeah, I, I, I think that was, a, that was a smart bet. I kind of wanted to touch on that. I didn't, I didn't hit it myself, but that was a, a good bet. Yeah, that, that, what was good. I mean, if set one was really the only time we thought Kachmanovic would be kind of competitive, right? Yeah. Uh, and then another, this was probably my bet of the, the, the uh, two days was live betting Alcrest to win the set, the third set six love. I yeah, did get lucky. Good. That was five plus 600 or plus 550. Yeah. Um, I hit it after the first game. I just like Kachmanovic like was just kind of dumbfounded at some of the shots that Alcrest was coming up with. And like, you could just see his energy just sapping. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, yeah. I just thought, okay, I think if, if there's going to be a, you know, uh, a six love set, this is it. So, uh, yeah. but the Severa of minus four and a half, that didn't come through. Kazo, Perkach, uh, no tie break. That sucked. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, disappointing, but the futures have been fantastic. So, um, are you still there? Sorry about that, guys. We're we're back. Yeah, sorry, guys. I'm on. Brad, this is Brad. I'm a bit under the weather, so you'll see me go off video at times. It'll be a little annoying. So, so I apologize. No problem. All right. So uh, with that, I guess uh, let's get right into it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's time to go ahead and start previewing. First match is uh, Djokovic and Fritz, which is probably the least exciting of the four quarters, I think, from a viewing perspective. I agree. I agree. Uh, so Djokovic is a six and a half point favorite, uh, minus 950 on the money line. Fritz is... What if he misses an extra point? What? What? <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I just the six and a half always makes me laugh because I think of football and six and a half point oh. favorite. Like, what if he misses an extra point? <laughs> I'm not sure what his kicking game is like. It's probably pretty good. He's a serve. Yeah, you can probably you can probably you can probably lay the six and a half there. Probably, I think Djokovic would beat Fritz in any athletic competition by six and a half or more. Right? That's yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that's a good good bet. Yeah. Uh, over under thirty four. Um. <clears throat> so. Uh, what catches your eye? I guess uh, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, really, the only thing, the 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 immediate thing is the under thirty four, <clears throat> or a three zero Djokovic if it's floating out there. But I think that was actually worse odds. I I think Fritz has a path to to making this competitive if he served really well. Um, he obviously has the big serve. He, if you remember back at the Nito uh, at the Nito ATP Finals a couple of years ago, he was I think he was six and six against Djokovic. Mm -hmm. So if he plays well, serves mm -hmm. well, attacks off the first ball, there, there's a path. Um, he's getting the day match, which should benefit him. The court should be a little quicker, mm -hmm. which should help a little bit. Um, but it's 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 hard. On the flip side, Fritz has the bad foot. Djokovic just looks miles above Fritz as a player right now. Um, you know, it, I don't really know what Fritz does against the Djokovic serve other than just try to strike the ball really well. 
like I think it's a tough matchup for Fritz just because of how how good and varied Djokovic is. And and you know, we talk about it all the time. Like Fritz is a good ball striker, but he's you know, he's not he doesn't move forward the best. Um period. Like whether that be yeah. coming coming forward to hit like short shorter rally balls or, or anything, he just doesn't move up and back very well. He keeps pretty much side to side on the baseline. Um return is, is okay, I think as far as a return stroke, but Again, the lack of kind of the lack of speed hurts him there. I just don't know what he does against Djokovic's serve, and so he's going to have to serve and play really well off the first the plus one to to have a chance. And I mean, I yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be tough. I think it, yeah, I think it's just going to be a tough tough day for Fritz. But there's there's a path. So for me, from a betting perspective, I I love the minus six and a half. I hit it early at minus one hundred five. I actually, like, I listened to the MP9 guys. Uh, they said that it was pretty accurate and they were going to pass on it. I think it should be eight. And I just don't like this matchup for Fritz. And you mentioned all the reasons why. Um, and there have been some 6-1 sets, like in Cincinnati. I mean, the, the U.S. Open match was a route. And I actually think playing this during the day might actually in a way, favor Djokovic. Um, they played in really, really hot conditions in New York, um, and Fritz didn't stand a chance. They also played in night conditions in Cincinnati. Didn't, he didn't stand a chance. So, like, they're, it, it's just, you know, Fritz has, like, one way to play, and Djokovic has, like... Well, the problem is the court's too fast. That's actually not good for Fritz once the rallies start. Exactly. Fast court helps Fritz hold a little more because he gets a little more out of the serve and the plus one, but that's really it. But I think, like... And I just don't think it matters very much anyways once the rally starts to be screwed no matter what. Agreed. Agreed. And, like, I think there is something to say. Like, I think the fact that Djokovic um, gets better as the tournament progresses and the fact that this is in the later stages of it, like a quarterfinal, semifinal, I think automatically you have to give him a, at least a game for that reason. Um, especially was it when he wasn't that good leading up. Like, everyone was like, oh, is is you know, Fritz should be like two to three games better than Echeverry, right? And and Djokovic barely covered, but it's later in a slam, and now his cold is better. You you feel like, you know, he's he's healthy again. I, I just think this should be eight games, and I'm all over the six and a half. I, I prefer that than the over 34 just in case you get the seven six. But like if Fritz somehow by some miracle wins a seven six set or a seven five set, Djokovic is gonna wake up. You know, it's like it's like poking the sleeping bear kind of thing. Um, and I feel like Fritz is getting a game also because he took Djokovic to five sets in Australia before. So I feel like maybe the books are giving him half a game for that. Um, Djokovic was injured in that match and like it's earlier in the tournament. So I, I just think it's it has three zero six and a half written all over it. Like, I think he's going to cover both the set spread and the game spread here. Yeah, yeah. I the only thing that scares me about the six and a half is, I mean, it doesn't scare me, but like, I don't know how many like six. I mean, you might get a six two or better set. You could. I think there's validity to either one. Like, yeah, I think there's validity to either one. They're 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 not that dissimilar. Um, yeah. I'm gonna hammer this bet as well at minus one twenty. Djokovic to break serve in all three sets. Yeah, that looks pretty good. I haven't looked enough at these props yet, but that looks pretty good to me. Um, 
I absolutely yeah. love that bet. I have the no tie break bet at plus 115. I just think it's going to take a lot for Fritz to get to a tie break. And if Djokovic gets a break, it's going to be very, very hard for Fritz to break back just with how clutch he is. And like, it, it's just going to be very hard for him to find holes because he's limited in what he can do on a court. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I, the, 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 the breaking in sets one, two, and three looks pretty good to me at first glance. That's probably the place that I'm looking right at immediately. <clears throat> um, and then I haven't looked at aces and doubles yet. I got to think a little bit more about that too. I actually like this one: Djokovic to win, Fritz to serve more aces, and Fritz to serve more doubles at plus two seventy five. Okay, uh, Djokovic has been double. I mean, he doubled two of the first three points against Manorino. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. He does. I mean, he does still double a little bit. I'm does not, double. I'm not as big a fan of that one. I mean, you're also getting a better price. You're getting plus two seventy five. I actually don't mind under eighteen and a half at plus at four to one. To be honest, I might hit that too. I'm so pro yeah. That seems pretty here. great to me. Actually, the 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 the, the, the under eighteen at four to one seems pretty great. Yeah, I remember last year, you know, like with when he played, um, what did he play? Demonor and then Rublev, right? Was it? And then Paul last year, like yeah. to, to the final. I just hammered Djokovic to lay games and all that. Like he gets better as the tournament progresses and he's not going to be fooling around here, especially it's going to be hot. He doesn't want to be out there for three to four hours, especially when he knows that center is coming up. In a couple days, most likely, we'll get into that match. But, like, I don't see a path for Fritz. I mean, I see a path, but I, I hear you there. Um... I actually, like, think that he would struggle more, like, if he played, like, a Gilles Simon kind of type instead of a Fritz type. You know? Like a guy who kind of pushes the ball around the court, varies pace, like, you know. I think this is just a great matchup for Djokovic. The head-to-head -head tells you that, right? Like, It does. The head-to-head -head is 6-0 Djokovic. I mean, I think the only time Fritz won a set was in that Australian Open match. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. I think those all look good. I'm, I'm pretty pro Djokovic here. Do they have um, Djokovic to not face a break point? Do they have that? I'm sure they look like they do because they have to, like, to win a point in every return game. There's Fritz to not face a break point. I'm guessing it's probably in the 30 to 50 to 1 range, something like that. Yeah, I'd be better than that. I don't, I mean, it'd be really hard to imagine me hitting that just because I feel like Djokovic, I think Fritz will get a break at some point. I think Djokovic, I don't know, Djokovic seems to have a tendency to give one away. Even against Manorino when he was destroying him, Manorino couldn't do anything. I mean, Fritz gave him, or Djokovic yeah. gave him a few break points. Yeah. Anything else catch your eye here? Um, 
like I said, I got to still look at aces and doubles, so I'm not sure there yet. Um, I mean, outside of that, it's just like I'm just going to be pretty like pretty pro Djokovic. Um, I think the over under on Fritz breaks is one and a half, so it's really not high, and I, you know, that so that makes it tough. Um, but it's juiced for the over or for the under, right? Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I I would prefer my under a half at like a juiced price. Like then I would be get excited. Yeah, I mean the, the over five and a half breaks could be interesting. Yeah, I think Jokic might get there by himself. <laughs> that's tough. I mean, you're talking two breaks a set is two, two, and two, so you probably would need one out of Fritz. But yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, the draw on doubles maybe plus four fifty. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's going to be a relatively quick match, so like the draw has a better chance of hitting the shorter the matches. Yeah, yeah. I love that bet, but it's such a degen bet to draw on the doubles. But I feel like there might be some value there. It is a degen bet. Uh, Djokovic had more aces at plus one thirty-five. I, I kind of like that. Ooh, I'm kind of the opposite there. You're the opposite. I understand. Yeah. It's just like Fritz is going to press more, and he's going to. I feel like his his first serve percentage in these matches has been pretty low. Uh, let's go to their head to head. I mean, I guess that'd be an interesting piece, right? Who's out in these two in their head to head? I guess that would be a good question. Yeah, eight zero. So, in the U.S. Open match, sorry guys, there we go. We don't get any stats. Okay, let's pull the Cincinnati matchup. So, Djokovic had two aces. Fritz had one. Uh, Fritz's first serve percentage was 50%. Djokovic was 65. Um, Fritz could only win 68% of those first serve points. Fritz had five break points. So maybe the break props are not the best here. Um, at the Nito ATP finals, uh, Djokovic, oh, Fritz out East, Djokovic 15 to four. Yeah, I mean, if Fritz is making the first serve, he's probably going to out-ace him, you know? like In Paris, though, it was 8-5. Yeah. I mean, Fritz only served 63%. At the ATP Finals... Well, 63% is pretty good. He served 68%. Yeah. And since he only 50%. Um, well, I think that tells you what we were talking about before, right? It's going to come down to just not how many first serve Fritz makes, but he's going to need, like, his only chance is to have a really good serving day. It's got to be off the serve in the plus one. For sure. Because once the rally starts, he's screwed. Yeah. Yep. 
they've tied in doubles in their last like three ATP matches. They've been very close in doubles. Yeah, I think the draw there probably has some merit at plus 450. Like, you're basically just picking a number between zero and five. Right. Let me see their U.S. Open stats because that's a... Uh... So, Fritz out, Ace Djokovic, 8-7. Djokovic had five doubles. Fritz had two. Fritz only served 55%. Djokovic served 61. And that's how Djokovic broke him six times of the... Right. Uh, but Fritz broke 12, twice and had 12 break points. So I don't think the break prop is the way to go on the under there. Like, Fritz might squeak a break here or there. Yeah, Fritz, I think I think both players to break in the first set is like two to one. Or it might even be a little better. It might be like two and a half to one. That could be an interesting look. So I feel like if Djokovic is going to get broken, it's going to be in the first set, or at least it's more likely to be in the first set. Okay. A tie for most aces and most doubles is 75 to one. Kind of interesting. Brit, uh, where's both players to break? And it's two to one for Fritz to break. I looked at that before because that's one I was interested in. And then both is probably going to be somewhere like the 250 or something, 300 range, maybe. Maybe it's a little better. Well, I prefer that. Both players plus 325. That seems pretty good. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. All right, those are going to be my three props here. Uh, Jokic to break in each of the three first three sets. Uh, both players to break serve in the first set. And uh, Jokic to win in straight sets. Uh, love one, two, three, or four, four to one. Basically. Yeah, I'm probably going to tell you on all those. Those are my three favorites, just blindly looking at it too. Yeah. What's the match on before this? Is it a women's match? Yeah. yeah. Women's singles? Oh, Djokovic did start to face Djokovic to not face a break point is plus four fifty, which is a that's insane. Line. That's that terrible value. Terrible line. Terrible. That's terrible value. Horrible. But yeah. that that just shows that you can find good value on these props just because like the market isn't that sharp, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that just like proves the point. You got to go through each of these and like Djokovic have 25 or more aces it's 10 to 1 like that that's that's absurd like this is not Evo Karlovic <laughs> um 25 is yeah, a lot yeah 25 aces is a lot yeah, a lot yeah for, yeah for Djokovic it is yeah you're right i don't know i don't know what's the last when the last time Djokovic hit 25 aces in a Fritz, match 40 plus aces at 25 to 1 like he's going to be lucky to get 10 or 15 aces but it's also a matter of like the books just don't like there's no other side offered, right? So the books just don't want to pay out a 25 to 1 either, right? So why would they give you a good line on it? Right. It just needs to be enough so a few people hit it. And it, and honestly, I think this is honestly, I don't even think the books care about the money on these. It's more just for novelty and, and like to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Move on to the next match. Yeah. Yeah. I think we All beat, right. Sounds beat good. that horse pretty well. Yeah. All right. Sinner versus Rublev. Um, so we both cashed a six to one futures, right? On this match happening. To have this match happen, yeah. 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 So that's that was yeah. great. Um 
Center is a six-game favorite, uh, minus 435 on the money line. Rublev is plus 350. Over-under is 37. Um, I like Center minus six, man. I, I think... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going uh, to pass on this one. Um, I... Are you... I'm... I'm kind of weighing the fatigue spot a little bit here too. Like with, uh, you know, with Rublev, that was a physical match. But I, I think the books are too. Cause when this came out, this was around five, five and a half. I think this was five and a half when it came out, okay. if I remember right. Yeah. Um, I might have been five. So yeah. I mean, cause well, cause six, like you're, that means that like that, and it, that's the equivalent of four games in a best of three. That's a pretty big gap for a guy who's fourth in the world versus a guy who's fifth. And I get it. Center's probably the second, like in terms of how he's playing, Center's probably playing at least the second best in the world right now, if not the first. But it still is a big gap against a guy in Rublev, mm-hmm. who's, I, a top, who's clearly a top five guy. I got five and a half at uh, minus 120. So it definitely moved, yeah. So it's moved. Um, I also have the Center 3-1 at plus 230. So that's like a hedge or something? slightly but like i i you know i respect rublev and like rublev is going to compete really hard and like sinner can go through a patch where he just like misses misses a bunch of forehands like you know there there is a path to the a path there right um so i i can see rublev winning a set i just like don't see much more and this is where it typically ends for rublev like he's been to 12 grand slam quarterfinals and he hasn't been past it it's 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 because kind of like his game is is limited in a way, right? Like he doesn't a little bit, yeah. I guess. I mean, I yeah, I guess that's probably true. He's amazing, um, and what he does from the baseline and his ball strike is incredible. But like when it comes to these top four guys, it's like it's it's hard. It's it's going to be really hard for him. I mean, I think six line six is a pretty fair line. I I think like five and a half to six is where I would put this, just because like you know. I, I mean, put it even, six and a half. Okay. I mean, it, it's pretty close. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to get super excited here about either of these guys at this price. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, I'll go back to this. Like, VDZ, he beat by seven. Kachanabi beat by seven. Like, Rublev's a, a better player than either of those guys. Um, but I don't know the rule. I mean, especially with the fatigue spot, I don't know. Like, if I was gonna bet this, I think the more interesting bet would be Rublev to win a set. Um, if you're gonna bet it, because I don't know that I want to really have a part of Rublev in like the fourth or fifth set. There's, given how much he was cramping out last match, but it's minus one sixty five. It's way too juiced. Way too juiced. Yeah, I don't like center and straight sets either because, like, I, I respect Rublev too much. But like, I can see center getting a six two set here. Yeah, yeah. I think six is around the right line. Five and a half is a. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not on this. Any of these props you like? I honestly haven't had a, that much of a chance to go. Th- I think it's a um. Center a break in each of the first two sets could be interesting. I'll have to look take a look at that one. That one looks appetizing at first glance. Um, one forty. It's, it's juice. Yeah. But not that terribly. I mean, if you hit that 60% of the time, you win, right? Like long term. Yeah. So it's not that bad. I saw these guys play in Vienna. It was a fantastic match. It was like five and five or something. But Sinner was a better player. Um, 
Because like these guys do a lot of the similar things, right? Just center does it at a slightly higher level, right? Well, that's why the the head to head is four two Rublev, but both times that's that's uh that Rublev won, center retired. So in, in completed match between these guys two guys, it's four zero. And I yeah. don't think Rublev's taken a set actually in a completed match. Um yeah, the Miami one, I, I know Nigel Seeley brings it up all the time. It was one of the best performances he's seen of all of 2023. Uh, he was just absolutely incredible. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. I, I like laying games with the better player when the guys are kind of similar, but one guy does everything better. Like, I mean, look, all your logic from a tennis perspective makes sense. I'm just not sure, like, that all that hasn't been taken in already. Like, six games is, is a big spread. I don't necessarily, I think it's probably pretty justified, which is why I'm passing, but it's a big spread. Okay. That said, I do think the, um, I do think the center to break in the for each of the first two sets has some. Yeah, but again, it's hard to you're you're high. He's got to break in both sets. Like he could play bad in either of those sets, and Ublev could could squeak out, could get a bunch of holds. Right, it's tough. <clears throat> yeah, center. To center win a point in every return game at six fifty. That's kind of interesting too. Yeah, but the problem is if it gets to forty love, he might just like smack a ball out. You know, like especially if it's a physical game. Or, some, or it's like they played a bunch of physical points to you know before that. Uh, I don't know. But what are the chances of Rublev winning three physical points in a row? And that assumes all three points are physical. Like I don't know. It's it's yeah. that's true. Um, MP nine the MP nine guys made a good point about like Rublev tries to win points in the first couple shots more than other guy more than most other guys like. He's actually a big serve plus one guy. You wouldn't even you wouldn't really think it, but he he loves that serve plus one. I mean, it, it's you know he used to be just hit out at every ball. Yeah. So I, 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 you know, and he's gotten a little bit better with that. But yeah, I mean, he's he still he's he's the closest thing in tennis to trying to hit basically a winner on every ball. Like he tries to hit every ball as good as he can. He's starting to like aim for bigger targets, but he's he's hitting every ball. Like he I don't know. I can't I don't know. I would love to know what the percentage is on. It's got to be close to like it's got to be under 5% that Rublev slices. Yeah, he slices sometimes. I mean, I um I think he's improved that aspect slightly. The problem with him is that he doesn't follow his big groundies to the net, and that's going to be problematic. Well, his net game is also not good. It's not like he tries to hit that drive volley, like you know, I, I, which I don't know. I mean, like it's it, he just way over hits the drive volley. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen him stick some good volleys too, so it's not like he never hits a good volley, but like he hits way too many of those drive volleys that could can be all over the place. Who doubles more in this matchup? I mean, it's probably Rublev just because he feels more pressure on his... Uh, uh, see, I don't know that I buy into that narrative. I was looking at it. So here's a fun little trivia question for you. Yep. Who was the leader last year in double fault percentage against? Meaning, which player did players double fault most often against last year? Good question. 
And I'm going to look it up because I don't remember the answer, but I do remember like the type of player it was. It's got to be a good returner because he pressures you more. Um, but it also has to be like an aggressive returner. Um, I'd go with center, probably. So of guys in the in the, so of guys who played over twenty matches okay. in the top in the top uh, you ranked in the top fifty of the world. It is Mackenzie McDonald. Really? Yeah. So I'm not sure how valid how valid that theory is. I I don't know that these guys are that okay. smart or feel that much. That might be something to like to like just standard scoreboard pressure. But I don't know how much these guys are really thinking that much about it versus just like time to hit a second serve, hit the second serve. Okay. I mean, I would expect that, like, you know, if a, a player is really aggressive on return, like center, you know, if he doesn't hit it in the in a hit hit the spot, it could just fly back for a winner, you know. Right. I mean, so the top the top five of guys who have over twenty matches, right, over twenty matches, is McDonald, Popperin, Corda, Dan Evans, and Holger Rune. So I'm not really sure that holds water. Yeah. That seems like to me to be like a, like. I could name a list of random tennis players, and I think that's what it would look like. Yeah. Tiafo's in the top 10. Struff and Eubanks are both in the top 10, okay. so I'm not really sure. Yeah. Right. I really think it's just, like, pretty random. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not too big fan of the props here, to be honest. I think it's a really hard match to read because we don't know what... Like, I'm a little worried about Rublev's fatigue level after having the cramping issues against Demonor. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with the center 3-1 and center laying the games here, not go too deep into these prop markets. Yeah, there's probably a couple I'll look at, but it's going to be pretty... I'm going to be in the same boat where I'm not going to have too, too much money What's the center on the over on breaks? Four and a half at even money? It's decent. I think it's okay. Like, I'm not a huge fan because, like, the problem is it's actually hard to get there in three sets. Center broke three times in Vienna. In Miami, we also broke three times. So it's pretty well set. Yeah, but if the match goes four, it's going to be hard. It's it's He's probably going to get there. Yeah, but if it goes three, he probably won't. It's right. even money, like... I don't know. Yeah. But also, you know, like Rublev could break once and then like it could be a, a two or three break set, you know? It could. How many times did Kachanov break center? I think just maybe twice. Mm. Once. One of ten on breakpoint. You, you. Wow. Yeah, I mean, what's your most like likely result in this match? Like, do you agree with me that it's center three one? Do you think Rublev gets a set here? Maybe, but I think it's pretty close. You know what I mean? I think it's I think, I think it's a tough match to save. Will be three zero three one, especially again. I'll go back to it. The Rublev fatigue level. Yeah. 
I mean, I that's why I like the six because like or five and a half, whatever I got it at. Because if Sinner, if if Rublev is fully fit, it's a tough match for him to begin with, right? And then you add the fatigue level, and I think it just makes it even more likely that Sinner covers. Um yeah, I I, I like this matchup for Sinner. I hear you. And I agree with everything you said logically. It's just five and a half is a lot of games. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's, if center has a slip, it gets really tough to cover that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next match. Uh, this is uh, tomorrow's match, the bottom half. Um, I guess we'll start with uh, Zverev against Alcaraz. Um, Alcaraz is a six game favorite, uh, minus 550 on the money line. Zverev is four to one to win, uh, over under is 36 and a half. Um, I think we're getting some, like, I think, well, Alcaraz is a bigger favorite here because of how well he played against Kachmanovic. I don't know if it's a true accurate representation of where he is level-wise, just because, like, Kachmanovic was gassed and, like, Shang was a joke. Um, I mean, Sonigo was a close match, but, like, you know, Alcaraz in that, he, he didn't play very well in that match. He just got through. Um, Zverev, I mean, he, I, I think he's, you know, he just finds a way to make it tough against everyone. It doesn't matter who it is. Right. But now that he's up against one of these big guns, maybe the pressure's off of him. Maybe he plays a little better. Um, so I listened to the MP nine guys. I totally agree with Dave. I love the over 36 and a half here. Um, and I probably like something like Zverev to win a set. Well, what is the over three and a half sets? That's where my mind immediately went. Minus 135. That seems like a play. That's my play. That's a fair And it's not very game. Yeah, that's 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 my play here. Um Yeah. Yeah, it's and I'd love to get I wish they had a prop out here for um for the players to split the first two sets. They, they I don't know if I've ever seen it, but I'd mm -hmm. love to see that because I think that would be an interesting one to play. Yep. I'd like both guys to break it. Oh, both guys to break serve in the first set is plus 165. That seems appetizing to me. Yeah, it's just not. I mean, the, the value there is not great. But yeah. For 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 something where you need both guys to break, that's that's you know tough. But yeah, I get it. Zverev to break in sets one and two at plus three twenty-five. I mean, so Zverev played a tough match at the US Open in the fourth round, you know, and then came up against Alcaraz and got blown off the court. I mean, this match against Nori wasn't as physically demanding as the one against Sinner, just also due to the conditions. But, like, do you think there's a fatigue spot for Zverev here? I doubt it. But I didn't, like, I don't know. I doubt it, but I didn't see the match against um, Nori, to be honest, so it's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, it went, like, four hours, I think, but not, like, that much over it. Um, got kind of physical at the end, but like it was, I mean, I don't think it was like overly physical, you know, I don't think it was like Rublev Demonor per se. Um, yeah, I, I think the overs are a good look here. I, I do you like this bear money line at four to one? Uh, no. I, I mean, 
Yeah, I think like I think the I I think the over three and a half sets is the play here, or you could go the over the thirty six games. I think either one's an okay play. Wouldn't you prefer over thirty six and a half? Because like, don't you think if it goes four, that's going to be reached? Like, I don't see a ton of like six two sets here. Um. Ooh, ugh, I don't know. I don't think you see a whole lot of tiebreak sets here, though. Either. I'm trying to find a head to head with these guys because that would be interesting to see. I mean, they played a really close match at the French in 22. The the match at the Nito ATP Finals was close. What was the score? Uh, Zverev won in three. Yeah. But then Zverev's beaten, but then Alcaraz has beaten him down a few times too lately. He's got three. Yeah, the U.S. Downs. Open one, I guess we can scrap out just because of how demanding. True. Fair enough. Was. Fair enough. I mean, the Madrid one that was also we could also scrap that one out because, like Zverev, I remember he played a super super late match against uh, Sissipas. Remember, and he was like complaining about the final uh, about the scheduling. That's right. Yeah. Right. He yeah. had to come back like less than like fourteen hours later to play Alcaraz. Yeah. Um, so this should be, this should be a close match. I I like the overs. I mean, I think you go either one. Honestly, there's only like a fifteen cent or twenty cent difference. Um, yeah, I think it's whichever one you like like better on the yeah. overs. This is my my place to go here. Your play, okay. And you could probably look at going. I'm gonna look at some of the matches though, and, and I think over on the breaks could be interesting. I think. Uh, yeah, I think there are yeah. gonna be quite a few breaks here. To be honest. But it's six and a half. It's a lot of breaks. Yeah, I, I prefer actually the over one and a half in the first set at minus 125. Well, no, then you get both players to break in the first set. That's probably better value at plus 165. I'm probably going to hit that one. Um, Alcaraz to have more than one and a half breaks in the first set at plus 180. That's interesting. Oops. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a high-break match. What's the over on Zverev doubles? He hasn't really been doubling too much, though. Well, because he's been making the first serve. Right? Like, his whole strategy... I don't think his second serve is that much better. I think he's just making more first serves. See, there you go. 84% first serve. He may, he generally makes, like, 70% of first serves, I think, whereas the tour average is, like, 60 yeah, he makes a really, really high percentage. Jeez. But he doesn't go for as much as he used to. He doesn't really hit a lot of aces on him, you know? Yeah, that's true. He just, like, he... he his strat... Basically, his... I mean, it's smart, right? He's, he's basically, he's given up on hitting good second serves by just making all his first serves. Yeah. So there were four breaks in the World Tour Finals match, but that's a quicker court, right? That's... Yeah, but I think the amazing thing is Zverev made 93% of first serves in that one. That's crazy. I don't think that's happening again. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Then at the U.S. Open when they played, Sarah had six aces. Yeah, his first serve percentage was down. Couldn't break. But how down was it? Four, four. Yeah, 68. See, he's going to make 70% of his first serves. That's the thing. So maybe, you know, that that's that's the challenge. Right. 
Yeah, I, I'm surprised that the over three and a half sets is not juiced more. Like that just seems like a really good price. Minus 135. I well, that's my favorite is the over three and a half sets at minus 135. That that's my favorite play here. I yeah. I mean it's either yeah, I think I think that's my favorite play. I can see going with the over games too. They're kind of the same thing. Yeah, if it was 37 and a half, I would like be more hesitant. And be like, okay, I'm gonna hit the over on set on the sets just because like it could go four and you could not get there. But with 36 and a half, like I find it hard to believe that it would go four sets and not hit that. Yeah, I mean, I I tend to agree, but like the difference between on break even between minus 135 and minus 120 is like three or four percent. You know what I mean? So it's not saying that like it's not saying that there's a whole, like, I think we both agree they're pretty similar, which is why the the odds are pretty similar on both. So it's, it's, you know, again, I'm not going to split hairs there. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the over on games. I think. We're basically a line there. Is that GBM worthy? Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Any GBM for Fritz, uh, Djokovic and Sinner Rublev? Are we, oh, we're well, going- we had agreed that we had agreed that the Djokovic was a, was a, a GBM play. We right. talked about, we posted that yesterday. So you're going with the under 34 and a half. I'm going with the minus six and a half, but yeah. like, yeah. it's, it's but the same idea. The same, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Same thing with the sets in the games. It's the same idea. And to count it as a win, we have to both get there, right? Which might just count as a split if one gets there and one doesn't. I think that'd be fair. I think we're allowed to split. All right. Sounds good. Nothing on the center rubla because you're not hitting the spread, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we already won the six to one there, so whatever we win there is gravy. Yeah, that's true. All right, Hubie Hercatch and Daniil Medvedev. Um, Medvedev is a three and a half game favorite. Um, Hercatch is plus two hundred on the money line. Medvedev minus two fifty, and the over under is forty and a half. Um, on first glance, I like the Hubie money line at plus two hundred. I agree with Dave from the MP9 pod. I I think I don't I'm not impressed with Medvedev's form by any stretch of the imagination. The thing which makes me hesitate that is that this is kind of similar to the Sinner Rublev match in a in a, re- a way in that besides the serve, they're pretty much the same player. Medvedev just does everything a little better. I 100% I actually disagree with that statement. Okay. Um the big thing you're what you're missing is that Hubie can utilize the serve and volley. And he's done it against Medvedev. Can he really? Yeah. Is he really that good of a volleyer? He doesn't have to be against Medvedev off the serve, off the with Medvedev's positioning. I don't know. I I don't remember too much uh, of these matches. Um, They're all like two plus years ago. But I want to watch some tape of it because, like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember the the tactics that Hubie utilized. I, I I remember more serve and volleying, but I'll have to go back and, and rewatch as well because my, my memory could be foggy based on a couple points from, you know, two years ago. But yeah, but their head to head is rather interesting. There's, I I even more like I think the Hubie money line is fine, but mm-hmm. I honestly prefer overs and tie breaks here. Um, if you look at their head to head, and granted, it's all older stuff. But both guys had a pretty hard time winning points on the other's return or on the other's serve. 
I don't really think the um like how long ago these matches took place matters here because these guys have always been the same kind of player. Right? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that, I think. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. So Hubie won one and four in Halle, but that's grass, so we can't really count that. I, I, would, I would throw out the two grass ones because that was back before okay. like before Medved was super interested in playing on grass. So I would take the three, the three hards. And if you look, her catch, I mean, it's 2-1 Medvedev, but that one in my in uh, Rogers Cup, uh, her catch was the better player. Uh, he just didn't win the big points. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I'm, I, yeah, but if you look at those three matches, of those eight, of eight, of those eight sets, four of them went to tie breaks. So what's the over one and a half tie breaks here? 225. That's my favorite look on the board. That's an interesting play. And again, like, I think there's reason for it because, like, if you look, Medvedev has really struggled against the, um, actually, if you go and you go on the, uh, I'm going to look this up. I'm going to see if I can find some stats here in those matches. But from the eye test, it doesn't really seem like Medvedev would struggle on UB serve because he's a really tough guy to ace and he stands so far back. You really think it's that serve, the serve and volley? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Or the serve and plus one and get in, but Huby, I mean, it, you know, because Huby's tall. So if he gets in right away, yeah. The lob is essentially useless. So he's left with hitting like that low pass, which is a tough shot to make consistently. If you look, I was looking at this earlier. The stats indicate that. Uh, you know, it's pretty hard. So in the three matches uh, that they've played on hard court, Medvedev's won 30% of points on Hubie's serve. 22%. Or no, sorry, 30, 31. Mm -hmm. And 22. That's low. I mean, for, for reference... Last year on hard courts, Chris Eubanks won 31% of points. Yeah. And that was Medvedev's best performance in those three matches against QB serve. Yeah, that's so that's true. I, I think that and then on Medvedev's side, I think it all comes down to the first serve. Statistically, it's pretty true. But then also, if you just think like Matt, but again, it's backed up by like just think about a matchup wise, man. Because to your point, once they get in like eight, 10 balls in the rally, Medvedev's better, but it's a pretty similar style. It is. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, so I'm going to back, I'm going to back tie breaks, overs, um, and, and probably if, if I had to pick, Probably by extension, the Hubie money line. Yeah, if you think it's going to be that close and you can sweat it out in the tie break, like if you have a plus 200 in your back pocket, I mean, that's uh, that's really good. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to hit Hubie money line just as a hedge play because I have the Hubie to lose in the quarterfinals at seven to one. Yeah. So just, you know, I have to do that just from a smart gambling perspective, right? 
Uh, but I actually think it, it could happen. Like, I don't, I think, I hope Medvedev wins, you know, because the seven to one is better than whatever I'm going to hedge at, as I should, because Medvedev is a deserved favorite in this matchup. Um, but like, I think it's like what, 55 45, maybe 57 43. Well, I mean, the books are telling you it's 60. I mean, you should bet your house then on, on Hubie because the books are saying it's like 70 30. Yeah. I mean, okay, maybe 60-40. I'll, I'll land there. Like, Yeah, I don't know. It's tough because, like, again, like, off of off of pure skill level, I agree. But I do think Medvedev's a much better player um, than Hubie. But I think this matchup is, is much better for Hubie than Medvedev. Again, just because I don't think, like, I think it's tough for, for Medvedev to, to do much against the Hubie serve. Yeah, especially if he follows it in. The problem is that Hubie doesn't have a have great touch. Right? Yeah. Like, he doesn't utilize the drop shot very much. Yeah, but... Okay, I agree. Yeah, but he should be able to follow it because his serve is so big, and if Memphis stands way back, like, he should be able to... to and no. Hubie gets a fair amount of spin on his serve too. So like, if he spins it and comes in behind yeah. and just hits and just punches the open volleys to open court, he doesn't have to be particularly good, right? You just got to punch open volleys to open right. courts. Like it's a pretty basic tennis skill. Well, I remember Cressy had a lot of success against Medvedev on these courts. Remember that match? I mean, yeah, I think anybody that well, and that's the other thing too, right? Is by doing that, he can annoy Medvedev. That's why I really like the over three and a half sets here. Also, like if you, I think, I think a. You want to do a you want to do a GBM parlay? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Parlaying that with the Zverev because what I mean, I think the over three and a half sets here is like minus two hundred or something. Minus two fifty. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's heavy, but I like if you parlay it with both, right? Because the Zverev Alcaraz one is minus one thirty five. Yeah. Right, you probably get like plus one fifty on that. Let's see. Plus 145. Yeah. That seems pretty good. I really just don't, I mean, it, but it, see, the thing is, look, once you get to minus, man, I don't know. So once you get to minus 250 land, it's like, especially with the bet, like the over on the sets, like, you know, they're, they're going to be close sets just by virtue of the way that you guys play. Yeah, and like one guy could throw a dud. You never know. Like, yeah, so... but these guys are not like dud players. It's not like you're, you know, uh, a Tiafo, right? Well, I know, but like, if each set was a random coin flip, right? The the like the fair market price would be minus three hundred. Yeah. So you're saying that like, like this is like in order for the two minus two fifty to be plus EV, it's got to be good seventy one percent of the time. And if it's a straight flip, it's 75. So you're saying that, like, I mean, there's some percentage of the time that one of these guys throws in a dud. I don't think it's a lot, but, like, you know, there's some percentage of the time. Yeah. Hubie's really, but see, the thing is, is man, damn, like, Hubie is so unlikely to throw. He's, like, the least likely guy on the tour to throw in it, but he's not throwing in a dud. No, he's not. And Medvedev. I mean, it would, it, would be, it would be illness. That's what you'd be worried about is illness. Right. Like, that, that would be your concern, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit more worried about this Vera Valkaraz one. Like, I, I first of all, I prefer the over on games. 
actually pretty sizable amount. Like those 20 cents matter um, to me because I just don't see lopsided sets where it goes over 36 and a half without, you know, as a four setter. Uh, I am a little bit concerned about Zverev in the fatigue spot. And like Zverev is just not like mentally cut out for slams, like business end of slams. Yeah, I know. No, I know. <laughs> against top guys. Yeah, again, exactly. So I, I think it happens and I'm going to hit the over, but I'm just like, maybe not as a parlay piece. Yeah, I, I... I just don't think there's much value in the in the minus two fifty. I think I think you can find value in other. I think there's a lot better yeah. places to find value. I'm gonna hit the two, like. We could do the two tie breaks at plus uh, two two twenty five as GBM play. That I like. I also mean like if I like the over the two tie breaks too, then I like overs, right? I, I mean like forty one. I don't think is that big for this matchup. Or forty and a half. I don't think yeah, that's forty that and a half is like, not that big. Yeah. Like if you get if you get four sets and and. One tiebreak and, and another seven five set, you're golden. Or hell, even one tiebreak and a tiebreak, a six four set and two six three sets gets you there. Yeah. So, yeah, what so are the break props like here? Could you could you hit the under on breaks? It's gonna be super low. Yeah, it's gonna be terrible. Uh, uh, actually, what is under? I think the under five and a half though is the juiced one. Yeah, under yeah. five and a half is minus one sixty five. Ew. Yeah, I hate it when the unders are juiced. Or like when, when the side you want to go is juiced. I just hate it. Well, that's when the book is, is doing its job. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is? Can you scroll down? You might be able to make some cheap money off Bovada here. Can you <laughs> bet? <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. They're not giving it. <laughs> I was going to say, can you bet... Uh... Can you bet uh, each of the players to win at least? You probably actually could. I, 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 it's too much math for me to bother doing, but I, I bet you there's a way to make some money off this if you play the two guys to not win a set and you put like <laughs> tiny, tiny stakes on it and you put like a bigger stake on the minus 335. But yeah, the minus 250, if you put a bigger stake on the minus 250, I feel like there's probably a way to make some money, but they'll lock your account. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I'm not planning on doing it either. What you yeah, gotta I, do is you gotta do what I did against uh, in the Kachanov, uh, the Kachanov Sitsipas match when when uh, Sitsipas was injured, and I hit like, I hit like, ten like tenth of a unit plays. <laughs> not, not literally, it was like it was like like I really went to back Kachanov, so instead of doing it as like a max bomb, I did like ten like separate bets for like half a unit each. Wow, that was in um, Miami, right? Yeah, there was some prop too that was worth hitting there for some reason. Then it ended up coming in. I ended up cashing, so I was happy, but it's pretty funny. You like the tiebreak in the first set at plus two fifty more, or do you like? The oh, other? I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty good too. You prefer actually, if you scroll up though, you can just make sure the over twelve and a half games isn't better. Sometimes they're sometimes they're goofy like that. Yeah. Uh... Well, they may not have it. The over nine and a half is at minus two hundred. Set props. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. First set tiebreak. Do you prefer that or do you prefer the over or two plus tiebreaks? I prefer the two plus. 
I don't see why there has to be a t- I don't see why there has to be a tiebreak here in the first set. I don't think either guy's gonna like fatigue or get like a better read on the other guy's serve. I mean, you guys have played each other enough that like, yeah. you know. I mean, if it, if it gets to the fifth, and then like if it gets to the, yeah, I mean, I just don't think like. And as far as GPM worthy, do you do you prefer the tiebreak one or the over forty and a half? Um. I like Probably a slight oh. preference. I don't know, man. It's a tough call. It's a tough call. I got to think about it, but it's a tough call. Probably a slight preference to the over 40 and a half, just because I don't see like... I think that, I that line is going to move to like 41 or 42 by uh, by match time. Yeah. And then I'd like the tiebreak one better, but like, I think 40 and a half is pretty low. Like considering we got 42 with the Fritz Sissy Poss... Yeah, I even climbed up to 42 and a half. Like, I think this has more over potential. Oh, I think it does, too. I, I actually see less breaks here than I did in, in, in Fritz. It's agreed. Agreed. I, I mean, think- the only the only problem, the only problem is if like Medvedev's not making his first serve. Yeah. You could be you could be in a you, you, the, the over could get a little scary here, but you, you, you've got to think Medvedev would play well enough to win, you know, to, to do his part. Yeah, he, his antennas are going to be up here. I don't think he's going to get bored like he did against uh, Nuno Borges. Yeah. So, all right. So let's recap. So we're on the uh, the Djokovic minus six and a half. You're on the under 30. Well, it's now 35, surprisingly. Yeah, man. It's going um, up. It's going the wrong so way. You're, the, you're on the under there. But I, yeah, we're both pro Djokovic, so that we have a GBM play there. Nothing on the center Rublev. Um, we're both on the over in Zverev Alcaraz. You might be over on the sets. I'm over on the games for sure. Um, yeah, I'm over on the sets. Over on the sets. Okay. And then for the Hubie Medvedev, uh, we're both on the over forty and a half. That will definitely be GBM play. We'll probably be on the over two and a half tie breaks. Yeah. Not two and a half. Two plus tie breaks. Yep. Um. Yeah, the over one and a half tie breaks. Yep. And I'll be on the Huey money line as well. And then we're going to hit some various props as well. So yeah, I think that the, yeah, I'm, I'm liking, I'm liking holding that Huey Medvedev match, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So all our bets will be posted on X. Um, and then hopefully we're back for a, a semifinal pod. Uh, which, yeah, I think we'll, that should, that should be possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be great tennis for sure. Oh, the tennis is going to be amazing. I mean, that, that's the good thing about having like kind of a boring first few rounds. And I don't think the first rounds were boring because there were a lot of good like undercardy type matches. Yeah. But the favorites, I mean, Djokovic really has not been pushed yet, I would say. Maybe Popper in a little bit, but that's been the closest thing. Um, Sinner hasn't been even touched. Alcaraz, yeah. I guess maybe Sinego pushed him a little bit, but hardly. Zverev is always pushed. And Medvedev, I guess, was kind of pushed by Rusevori. But even then, I guess... I guess the four set tiebreak was a little scary, but other than that, I never feel like he was going to lose personally. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fourth set, the tiebreak, that, that was a little bit str- scary because he was also down 6 5. He also had to hold to get to the tiebreak. Yeah. Sigori yeah. just completely just went away. So, and even in the tiebreak, he went away. Honestly, the four, yeah. that four set tiebreak yeah, was a very disappointing tiebreak by him. So, yeah. Um, Yep. Well, exciting times. Uh, we're in the uh, business end of the tournament. So, um, and then pretty soon we're, we're going to get back to the 250 life. Right. Yeah. The Golden Swing is coming up, baby. <laughs> Davis South Cup. American Clay Courts. The only good Davis Cup week, right? That's right. Yes. They're the only good Davis Cup week. 
Yeah. And they're right. And they're running tournaments at the same time this year. So that'll be really interesting to see, especially because that week is kind of like a, it's like the qualify, like the world group qualifier week or something or whatever. So it's yeah, like not it's, as uh, it's only Montpellier though. Oh, it's just Montpellier. Okay. Then there it's might just not be Montpellier. Play that. But then we get the Cordoba, we get the, you know, the Dallas and like, you know, it, it's going to pick up it's the three and the three, two fifties a week. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to sign off. Um, feel better, Brad. So we can yeah. see, see your face next time. <laughs> I'm here, guys. I'm alive. Just so everybody knows. All right. <laughs> and uh, enjoy the tennis and best of luck on your bets. Have a good one, everyone. Bye, everyone.